So the series entitled, entitled The Beginning. Last week's message, The Call. This week's message, somebody say, A Pinch of Salt. A Pinch of Salt. Amen? A Pinch of Salt. So those of you who don't know what, what message I'm already going to preach about, okay, go ahead and turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. The title of that passage specifically is entitled Salt and the Light. Alex, take off your shades, please. Salt and the Light. Amen. But specifically today, I want to break that in two. Specifically today, we're going to talk about the salt. Somebody say, a pinch of salt. That's the message today, just a pinch of salt. Right? Most recipes, what do they ask for? A pinch of salt. Amen. So what does God ask for? A pinch of salt. Amen. All right. All right, a pinch of salt. So let's read verse 13. <clears throat> you are the salt of the earth, but if the, uh, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown away out and trampled by men. This is probably going to be the shortest verse, or just one verse, actually. Just, I'm, I'm going to preach on one verse. It's going to be a challenge for me. I wanted to stretch myself. Amen? Sister, so can you put my mic down, please, just a little bit? You are the salt of the earth, says Jesus. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown away and trampled by men. Let's go to the map, sister. The the map number one, like we always do. And I want to teach, I want to show you exactly where Jesus (coughs) was uh, preaching this message. Somebody say uh, Galilee. Galilee. That is the, the area in which Jesus was preaching. That's where he started preaching and teaching. Amen? So we all know where we are. Where are we? The left or right, up, down? Left. Right here, right? We're in Chicago, around this area, right? United States. Now we're going to go travel all the way over here. This is Italy. We're focusing right here, around the Turkey area, okay? Right here. So let's zoom in. Boom. Okay? Now this is Africa right here. This is Italy again. You could, you could recognize Italy because it looks like a boot, right? Okay, some of you learned that in school. And we got Asia Minor, which is Asia at the time. And then we, we're going to be focusing right over here, okay? So let's, let's change it again. Bam. And so go back, go back, go back. See this little island right here? Okay, now focus on that. Change it. Boom. This is the same island, all right? Now we're focusing... Right here. This is the Jordan River. Who, who heard of the Jordan River before, right? Amen. So this is the Jordan River right here. This is the Sea of Galilee. Now, what are we focused on again? But the, but the area, the, the, not uh, take away the sea. Where, where is it? Amen. All right. Galilee. Now, go next one. Boom. Uh, and here. This is all around here. So Jesus. Okay. So I want you guys to know. But look, Jesus, this actually happened, and he walked on this earth 2,000 years ago, okay? And he was around that area, okay? Nazareth, his hometown, right? So, and he was teaching. He gathered all these people. Multitude of people started following him. A whole bunch of people started becoming his disciples, followers of Christ, okay? 
and he sat down. He saw the multitude, and he said, oh, man, okay? So he sat down. Put that picture up, sister. The one that should be next around that area. There. So he sat down, and he just started preaching. Amen? You know what? I feel like doing that. I want to be like Jesus. Sister, you're, you're, you're dismissed. Amen. Amen. Now, just pretend this is a big rock. <laughs> this is a big rock. I'm going to come down. I feel the heat up in here. Amen? Okay. So he's teaching the salt and the light. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Repeat after me, okay? Say, halas. 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 That is the Greek word for salt. Okay? Say, Greek. Halas. English. Salt. Amen. All right. That's it. So, you guys know the Greek word for salt. Amen? So, why was salt so important in biblical times? Biblical times. Back in Jesus' day. It preserved meat. Anybody else? Gave flavor to food. I mean, come on now, right? A pinch of salt. Amen. All right. But specifically, back in biblical times, salt, in the days of Jesus, salt was one of the most important items in any economy. An economy is like society, basically, in the society, okay? It was a very important item. Why? A person who had uh, lots of wine, who had lots of oil, and lots of salt was considered very wealthy. So it was almost like money, like cattle, right? Salt was so valuable in the New Testament times that Roman soldiers, so think of cops nowadays, were paid with salt, were often paid with salt. So think about it. Think of uh, uh, our elder here, uh, Ricky. He's a police officer. Think about the other police officers you see driving around. Imagine if they were getting paid by salt, by pounds of salt. Wouldn't that be crazy? Right? We think about it like, that's crazy. Like, where's the green? You know what I mean? Where's the green paper, right? I want money. But that was their money back then. That was a huge source of income right there. In the hot, and here's another reason why salt's so important. So I'll give you three reasons because uh, it was important for the economy uh, as far as uh, wealth-wise. And another reason it, in the hot, dry, and windy, cli- uh, windy climate of where Jesus was at, body salt inside your body, also known as electro- electrolytes. Somebody say electrolytes. You guys heard that like in Gatorade commercials and stuff? When you lose your electrolytes, drink Gatorade and refresh yourself. Whatever, right? Electrolytes are quickly lost in a person's sweats. When a person's sweating, when you sweat a lot, like I was when I was worshiping, I lost some electrolytes. I lost some body salts, okay? So if a person doesn't maintain electrolytes or body salt while, the heat, uh, while, while in the heat, the person has a large uh, potential to dehydrate, okay? Have you ever seen anybody dehydrate like on TV or anything like that? It's crazy. They start shaking and bucking because, like, their body's just out of control and they, they just faint. They lose consciousness. Amen? Ah. And because of what uh, Jonathan said, it preserves food because they didn't have refrigerators back then, right? So they would use salt to preserve their meat or also spoil quickly. It was hot out there, right? So salt of the earth. Somebody say salt of the earth. Jesus called us what? The salt of the earth. 
one of the effects of of um, ta- of taking salt is thirst. Excuse me, I'm reading this wrong. One of the effects of taking salt is thirst, right? When you drink, when you eat salty stuff, it makes you thirsty, right? You, you guys ever heard that saying? These pretzels are making me thirsty, right? Some sort of show, I forgot what it was. These pretzels make me thirsty because it's salty. So when you eat salty food, it makes you thirsty. And the Lord uses us uh, to spiritually bring a thirst for Him within our surroundings. So as the salts of the earth, uh, salt uh, um, equals thirst, so if we're the salts of the earth, we're supposed to go out to our schools, our neighborhoods, our families, and bring thirst, spiritual thirst, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Thirst from our schools. Amen? Thirst for Proster. Amen? Come on. What kind, of, what kind of thirst do you have tonight? Elevate. Visitors. What kind of thirst do you have tonight? Do you have a thirst for the world? Do you have a thirst for sports? Do you have a thirst for, for girls, for guys? Do you have a thirst for lust? Do you have a thirst for money? What is your thirst tonight? Or do you have a thirst for God? You see, what's your source of water? Let me backtrack here. When you're thirsty, what do you want to do? Uh, when you're thirsty, you want to what? Okay. So what's your source of water? What's the thirst of water you drink when you're thirsty? What's your source, uh, uh, source? Elevate. You see, turn to your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 2. Taking it old school. Somebody say old school. Come on, Old Testament. 2 Kings chapter 2. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 19. Let me get an amen when you're there. Amen. Healing of the water. Verse 19. The men of the city said to Elijah, Look, our Lord is uh, look our look, our Lord. This town is well situated, as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. So what does it mean you're, when you're productive? You produce stuff, right? Like good things come out of you, right? But unproductive means just the opposite. Look, our Lord, this town is well situated. It's in a good place. As you can see, you can physically see it. It looks good, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me. This is Elijah speaking. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Verse 21. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt uh, into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. So God said, because uh, Elisha pouring the salt into the, ri- into the river, into the water, this water will no longer cause death, and this, this water, this land will no longer be unproductive. Let's get more in depth with this passage, okay? So they found a town that looked good, right? Am I right? So the soldiers, uh, they, were, they were soldiers of Elisha, and they said, they were looking for a town, and they said, hey, 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 look, this looks good. We see that. It's obvious. It, it, it most likely, it was, the town was most likely right next to a river or a lake, right, because they mentioned water. It was green and looked fruitful. It looked fruitful, amen? 
But when they took a closer look, they saw that the water was bad and that the land was unproductive. Meaning because of the bad water, the trees and crops did not produce lasting fruit. So the fruit that was produced, the vegetables that were produced did not last. So they might have, they might have uh, shown some green. They might have even showed a little bit of the fruit, but that fruit didn't last. Why? Because the land was unproductive. Why? Because the water was contaminated. What's your source of water? What's your source of water you drink when you're thirsty? That's my question for you tonight. Okay? What's your source of water? Everyone on this earth is thirsty for something. Right? Amen? Everybody on this earth is thirsty for something. Unfortunately, the main source of water they drink is actually poison. It's actually poison that they're drinking. It looks like water. It looks like water. It looks like it's clear. It looks okay. It's even a little bit of cold. It's even a little cold, right? It might taste good going down. Go. Uh, amen. All right, you know. But unfortunately, it's, it's poison. It's poison. You see, what did God tell Elijah right now? This passage that we read in 2 Kings chapter 2. Verse 19. What did he tell him to do? Get a bowl, fill it with salt, and what? Put it into the river. Put it into the water, right? You see, most recipes usually usually say to add a pinch of oh. So God told Elijah to add a pinch of into oh. Amen. Okay. See, simple enough. Amen, right? So Jesus calls us the salt of the earth, right? Why? Why does he call us the salt of the earth? See, the world's water, like a pond, think of a pond, right? Just a pond of water has no source of, of new water. It's just sitting there. Eventually, it becomes contaminated and dirty, right? Rivers, most some rivers you can drink out of, right? Because it's moving, it's flowing, it's new water, new source of water flowing in all the time, right? But a pond that's been sitting there is dirty, has duck poop and stuff. Okay? It has stuff in there. It's contaminated. You can't drink it anymore. You see? So that bowl of salt that Elijah poured into the dirty water healed and purified it. And never again did it cause death. Never again did did the land become unproductive. Spiritually, think about this right now. Spiritually, we are that bowl of salt that Elijah poured into the water. Spiritually, we're not just the salt of the earth, we are spiritually that the same salt that Elijah poured into water in order to purify it, in order to make the, the, the land productive, in order for the fruit to last. Amen? Though Jesus says that we are the salt of the earth, where does the, the source of salt come from? Where are the salt of the earth? Amen? Where does the salt come from? Where's the source of it? Through who? Through Christ, through God, right? I mean, this bottle of water that I'm drinking right now, I knew I wasn't going to be able to stand on, sit down on. This, this, this water, is, this, this is a bottle of water, right? What's in it? All right. This is the bottle of water, right? But where did the water come from? It has a source. It came from somewhere. It came from somewhere, right? It came from a purification uh, system, and somebody put it in here, right? 
Somebody put water in this bottle. Well, if we're the salt of the earth, somebody, we must have a source of salt. And that source of salt is God. We are the salt of the earth. The Lord chooses to use us. We do not really know why, but we are honored to do so. You should be honored to do so. God uses us for a reason. Does he have to? Absolutely not. He says rocks could do what we do. What? Did God say that for real? You see, God said that rocks, he can make rocks do what we do. Then why use us, God? Right? Because he chooses to. That's good enough for me. Because he chooses to use us. He chooses to use us as the salt of the earth. Amen? He chooses to use us as a source of living, um, productive life source. Amen? So if we are to introduce a new source of salt to the lost, and Jesus refers to himself as the living water in John 4.13, right? He refers to him, I am the living water, right? In the process of introducing a new source of salt to the world and to our surroundings and to our school, we begin to introduce the source of the living water as well, right? So if our source is God, Jesus Christ, he supplies us with the salt, and we begin to introduce salt to the earth, then guess what? In the process, we are also introducing living water, a new source of water, so that pond no longer becomes a pond, but a living, flowing, rushing water of new living water. It's no longer dirty. It's no longer contaminated because the salt that Elijah poured into it purified it, made things productive, meaning it was fruitful. Things became fruitful. As salt of the earth with the living water instilled inside of us, we will make things produce productive. Fruit will last, amen? Spiritual fruits, living water. Somebody say living water, amen? But when we stop introducing the source of life, when we stop introducing the source of life, our saltiness, according to Jesus, begins to be lost. Right? What does he say? Go back to the scripture of Matthew 5. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Right, so if we begin to, 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 uh, to stop being productive, if we begin to stop introducing the life source of life, our saltiness, according to Jesus, begins to be lost. And another way of phrasing that is becoming lukewarm. Oh, it, it, another way is what? Another phrase of losing salt is what? Being what? Lukewarm, according to Revelation 3.15. Now, what exactly does lukewarm mean? Lukewarm means you're neither hot nor you're cold for Jesus. You're just like, you're just chilling. You're like, ah, I don't feel like doing this anymore. I'm a Christian, by name that is, but not by my actions. You see, can I, can, can I call myself African American? Do I look African American? No, right? Look, I'm Puerto Rican and Mexican, and I dress like a white guy. Okay? <laughs> I was born and raised in the city, though. I went to a ghetto school, but somehow it came out like this. Amen. Praise God. Handsome. 
Amen. All right. Well, anyways, going out the subject. <laughs> anyways, you see, just because I say it means nothing. It means nothing, right? So if you call yourself a Christian, does that really make yourself a Christian? You see, we were evangelizing today. <coughs> Excuse me. We were evangelizing today to a group of us to a guy. And we're like, brother, you know what it means to be born again? Yeah, I know what it means to be born again. What does it mean? What do you mean? <laughs> that was his answer to me. That was his answer to me. You know what it means to be born again? Yeah, I know what it means to be born again. What is it? What, 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 what are you talking about? And we, we explained to him that being born again is leaving your sin behind and going forward to the lifestyle that the Word of God tells you to live. And he admitted to certain sins. He admitted to sexual immorality, so sex before marriage. He admitted to lying. He admitted to swearing. He admitted to lusting, right? He admitted to those things. And I'm like, so you freely do them? Yeah, I freely do them. But you're a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. You're born again? Yeah, I'm born again. Nah. No, bro, you're not born again. You're not. And we're here. We are giving this guy scripture after scripture after scripture. Brother, no. You are deceived. I'm like, brother, look look at me right now. You see this? I'm covering my eyes. You see this? He's like, yeah. Look, you're spiritually blind. You cannot see. The devil has lied to you so much that you can't even see the sins that are before you and the sins that you are committing, and you do not hate your own sin enough to realize that you are not born again, that you are not living for God. It's not enough to say that you're a Christian. He says, yeah, my grandma prays over me and anoints me with oil all the time. Amen. Praise God for your grandma. She's a great woman of God. But brother, where does that leave you? That just leaves you oily. Come on now. You're just oily now. You have a handprint on your head now. That's all you got. You don't got everlasting life. You're not born again. Brother, think about it. And we were sitting there. And you started seeing the conviction in his heart. And you started seeing the Lord download something in his brain. Man, this guy, what he's talking about is for real. And finally we broke into him. But he kept on using, we're all sinners, we're all sinners, we're all sinners. I'm not perfect. Brother, you are darn skippy. We are all born sinners. Somebody say, darn skippy. You are darn skippy. We are all born sinners according to Romans, according to, to Paul, with to, uh, when he was writing to the Romans. He said, we are all born sinners. Meaning if you tell that baby not to grab that cookie and you turn around and leave that room, what's the baby going to do? Who told to grab the cookie? Nobody. It's just a sinful nature. It wanted to grab the cookie. It wanted to rebel. It's it. We're all born sinners. We have it in us. Unfortunately. But fortunately, we have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. Fortunately, God, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for our sins and rose. Come on, somebody. Woo! I am excited. Come on, Jesus rose on the third day. Oh, Sherabasi. Hold on. Hold on. You mean to tell me, elevate, that so Jesus died on the cross. He rose on the third day, right? So far I'm right. Okay. 
That means he died for my sin. He died for your sins. He died for the sins of the world. Get out of here. Come on, seriously? Oh, that's, that's the truth. That is the truth, praise God. And I said, brother, look at me. What you're doing is of the world. Now, I'm like, you know what, what that means of the world, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so, so, uh, things of the world are like sex before marriage. Things of the world is like lying, right? Things of the world is like swearing, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you do those things freely. He's like, yes. You like the world. Yeah, I guess I am. Well, according to James 4, 4, a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Now, when you're somebody's enemy, do you want to tickle them? Do you want to give them a high five? Do you want to give them a kiss on the forehead? No, right? You, you, you hate that person. When you are somebody's enemy, you hate that person. You, have, you, oh, you just hate them. Right? Well, guess what, brother? You might not hate them with your words. You might not be saying, God, F you and get away from my life and things like that like I did. But guess what? You're doing it with your actions. You are doing it with your actions. You are doing it with your lifestyle. And we got to wake up. I love it. We got to wake up to what this earth is about right now. Unfortunately, it's about sin. Unfortunately, it's about living your life the way you want to live it. It's about premarital sex. It's about lying to your parents. It's about cutting school. It's about failing your grades for some odd reason. I don't know how that got popular. You know what I mean? It's about all these things. This and that and the other. But guess what? It didn't start that way. See, Jesus Christ set, set some rules, right? Somebody say house rules. See, this is, this is, this is the house rules. <laughs> this is the house rules. The house rules is don't lie. The house rules is do not murder. And murdering does not necessarily mean grabbing a gun and pointing it at somebody's face and shooting them down blank in the face. Murdering is hating somebody with your hearts. Come on, somebody. It's that the rules are not to commit adultery. Adultery is when you cheat on your wife and cheat on your husband. Well, guess what? Jesus said when you look at a girl the wrong way or when you look at a guy the wrong way, you're committing adultery in your heart. Oh, it's also called lust. Lusting over the opposite sex, or the same sex in some cases. You heard me? Amen? So when we stop introducing the source of life, our saltiness, according to Jesus, begins to be lost, right? And what's that phrase? What's that phrase? We begin to what? Become. One more time. Lukewarm. So you guys know what lukewarm is. That brother was a lukewarm Christian. He was neither hot for God. He was neither cold for God. He wasn't on fire for God. Oh, he, he wasn't even barely a Christian, only by title. And God said that he will spew you out of his mouth. Spew you out of his mouth. That means he will throw you up. He hates. He hates lukewarm water. See, if this was lukewarm, if it wasn't cold, it wasn't hot, ugh, throw it out, right? That's exactly what God would do to us. If we become lukewarm, that's exactly what God will do to us if we lose our saltiness to preserve the earth for Jesus Christ. 
Now you say, I love my Bible. How many of you guys know I like my Bible? My Bible is awesome. You see, my Bible has, it says certain things. In commentary, it explains the scripture in a little bit more in depth. And it's called the fire Bible. Somebody say the fire. Somebody say the fire. Woo! You want to know what my Bible says about lukewarm Christians? Okay. You guys ready for this? Now, it's going to say lukewarm church. It means lukewarm church. But think about lukewarm Christian, just individual right now, okay? A lukewarm church is one that is apathetic, meaning uninterested or unconcerned and complacent, self-satisfied. He's like, "Ah, I'm, I'm okay. See, that's a lukewarm church. Regarding personal devotions to Christ, it is a church that is half-hearted and lazy in their service to God. Such a church compromises with worldly standards and behaviors as res- uh, and resembles its surrounding society more than it does God's kingdom. The people of the church claim to be committed Christians, yet in reality... In the real world, are in, are in a spiritual, wretched, and pitiful condition. You see, I'm going to read that one more time. The people of the church claim to be committed Christians, yet in reality, they are in spiritual, wretched, and pitiful condition. Wretched and pitiful condition. Don't lose your saltiness, Elevate. Don't lose your saltiness. Don't lose your life source. Don't get used. Don't, don't, don't get satisfied with what you got. You see, salt causes what? A thirst, right? It causes what? We got to be thirsty for God. And our life source of water in which we drink has to be the living water of God himself. Amen. Jesus. Lord Father God, I thank you for this time, Jesus. I thank you for your word, Lord Father. I thank you for the move that you are doing within Elevate. I thank you uh, for the move that you are doing within the youth of